everybody. It's the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, back for another show. My name's Todd Mitchell, and John Scheiber is not with us, because his family is finally starting Baby Watch, so they are at the hospital now, I believe. Obviously, best wishes to them. We will look forward to uh, seeing a sweet little baby. And uh, if John wants to bring a doctor's note back, he will be welcome. And we'll review that and consider letting him back on the show. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm very excited for them. Uh, I, know, I know they blew right through their due date and things have gotten weird because we all expected a baby and one didn't show up right away. So awesome for them. Uh, so tonight it's just going to be me, which I think is going to be okay because I've got a topic that uh, actually I've, I've fielded a few questions about in the last, oh, week or two. Ever since I've uh, done a couple of shows and done some social media posts about working remotely, people have really taken an interest in what I'm doing, what the background was for that, how I got into it, um, how they could get into it. So I thought we could take a show and I'll sort of walk you through how I got into remote work, how I leveraged it to do some game development, and how I believe you could do the same thing if, uh, if you want to put the work in. So this is not really a gimmick or just a catchy clickbaity kind of title like you you could start remote work and start doing paid game development immediately it's not just that simple but i will get into all that so the story with me and and some of you guys have heard some of this before i was a commercial software developer full-time in the workplace for uh well many years now i graduated college in 2005 and by the end of that year, I was doing software development, so that gives you some idea how long I've been around the game. So when my son was born three years ago, that's when I first went indie. We've talked about that. We've talked about trying to create games to take to the mobile app stores, stuff like that. It's all great, and I was I was living the dream. I was following my passion. It was, I'll never forget that time. However, if you are just working independently on your own, trying to make products and trying to make that runaway smash hit you know it it's not guaranteed money and it's like even an okay game that doesn't just catch fire overnight is not going to pay the bills so and and we obviously had a situation where we were not depending on me to make a smash hit game that paid you know a million dollars or anything like that but we did come to a time where we decided okay it's not going to make any sense for me to spend uh you know six months at a time creating a mobile game taking it to the marketplace and hoping that it, it catches fire. Uh, that That is sort of, I think, irresponsible. Um, and I, I say that because, obviously, if, if that's your passion and that's what you want to do, uh, great. However, if you're responsible for other things, a household, a family, even uh, your, your college education, if you're working your way through college, you have to understand and you probably know that game development or any development will take over a large portion of your life. So you will not get to spend 8 to 12 hours a day on something and still be awesome at taking care of yourself or, you know, your 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 household, keep things clean, keep things keep bills paid, keep mail going in and out as it needs to. It's things will start to fall through the cracks and that's when you have to really evaluate and go, is this the thing that makes the most sense for my time right now, and can I justify spending my time this way? And if you're not making any money, and there's no promise of a payday, maybe the answer is no. In in my case, I, I took sort of a side road and started to do some freelance journalism, which we've talked about as well. I won't drag you through that. I decided I could still spend my time, as it became available, 
doing software development and even doing game development and getting paid if I were to take on clients who had projects for me to do. And it's not that I went out and found individuals who had these projects or went pitching things to different people. Uh, in my case, I went to Upwork, which is a website that strictly deals in freelance projects. It connects uh, clients to people who get things done. It's not just software. It's it's art and uh you know, secretarial work, like anything you can imagine that could be done remotely. Uh, jobs are connected through up, Upwork and similar websites. There are a few, but that's the one I went to. So I first decided I was going to dip my toe in the water there. And what I found was I was actually stunned at how much game development related stuff there is on Upwork. So examples are uh, people would come and say, I have an idea for a mobile app that I want to create. It's a game that's kind of like uh, subway surfer or or something like that and I have this budget that I'm able to spend on it right now and so the way that works is they they put as much information as they have available about this job on the site they create an entry for it you as a developer or as an artist or whatever you want to do you go through these entries and you basically put in a bid you say I could do this for if it's uh, just sort of a one-hit project you go like I can do this whole thing for five hundred dollars or you say, I can, I can work with you on this long term for $20 an hour, $30 an hour, whatever your rate is. And the way it works is that everyone else who's interested has the opportunity to put in bids as well. One interesting thing, basically you're trying to come up with either the lowest bid or some combination of a low bid and the most attractive resume portfolio profile, uh, whatever they're going to look at. So you, you want to be the most attractive option and you don't want to break the bank for them. So this is where the, the first real problem comes in. You will underbid yourself to get the job like every time. And that, that's where the sacrifice comes in. Like you have to be willing to go, I want this job at any cost. It would be good for me. It'll be good for my portfolio. And if I can only make 20 bucks an hour to do this, when you normally work for 35, once in a while, that's something you might have to do. And the problem at Upwork is if you're not a paid customer, you can start an account for free and you get so many contacts that you can use up per month or whatever, you can up your subscription to like a $10 or $20 monthly fee, something like that, and you can actually see what people are bidding. So you can see the high bid, the low bid, and I think the average bid. If you really want the advantage, you have to spend that money, then you can see the low bid, and if you really want to go for the gold, you just undercut that low bid, and you will hear from people eventually. When I got started, it was like, you know, I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I'm like, well, no, my, my rate is X amount of money and X amount of money was too high. And people saw that and they're like, yeah, I don't care what this guy's accomplished in his career. I'm not really interested in that. So when I sort of got over myself a little bit and went, you know, I just want some projects to work on. Uh, it's going to bring in some money, which is better than I was doing before. That's when I, I cut my rates a little bit and started to pick up my first clients. And guys, it was not all game development. When I really just wanted some work to, to pull in to just scrape up all the, the extra change out there that I could, I was doing like video editing, some freelance writing. I did some, some uh, articles for blogs and uh, game industry sites. It was all related to gaming, and I did actually have a good time. Like I met great people who were just doing cool stuff that had sort of taken off a little bit, and they had some money to reinvest into their blogs and their YouTube channels and stuff. Like, I got to meet all kinds of people doing really cool stuff. And I got to join their teams for a little while. That was a neat experience. And uh, I made great contacts that way. But I was doing just odd jobs. And eventually that turned into people who went, 
uh, hey, I've got a game project that is either in progress or I want to get it started. You seem like the person to do it. Can you put together kind of a pitch based on this whatever? And I'm pretty good at that stuff. So I, I came back to these guys and said, here, here's a plan. I think we should use this engine. I think we should uh, approach this style. Here's a schedule we could do. Here are some milestones I would suggest. At least a few people went for that pretty quick. So soon I transitioned all my freelance uh, remote work into game development and suddenly now I'm this, you know, game developer for hire. It was that easy. And we're talking, I don't, I don't think that took two full months. I think almost right away I had clients, I was working on stuff. The problem here is if you're going to do this, you're probably going to be working solo. And I'm, I'm guessing when I get the time to do more actual organized writing, I'll probably end up writing some kind of book on uh, like serious solo game development whether it be for indies or whatever, probably for indies, there aren't that many <laughs> professional uh, top-level studios with one person. But, so if you have got Game Maker skills or Unity skills, Unreal skills, and you can do a little bit of everything, you can get through a project like this. Like, I had a client who wanted... He was sort of an aviation nut. He really enjoyed, like flight simulator games, air traffic control simulator things, and he goes, I would love to get my own air traffic control sim going, and I would love for you to do that. And I tackled that in Unity using 2D uh, artwork. First of all, I really like that kind of stuff too. Like, I, I enjoy uh, flight sims. Microsoft Flight Simulator was huge for me. Even those uh, silly iPhone games where you're guiding the planes in and there's way too many planes and you're landing them on the runways and stuff. That, that stuff's cool to me. I'm, I'm into that. So I was able to bring some ideas to the table. We got this project going. I started cranking out deliverables. It was just awesome. I uh, simultaneously met a school teacher who wanted to basically gamify her reading curriculum. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And again, it was like, it, it wasn't that she had the biggest budget. I knew she was a teacher. I had just been working on software for kids. And pretty quickly, we were able to reach an agreement. I'm actually still working with her on some stuff now. It's just, you, you can find things that you want to do, find people that you feel like you can work with. And the next thing you know, you are working on games. You're, you're building your portfolio. You know, if things go well, you're releasing stuff. There's a lot of game development work on sites like Upwork that are going to go to be played in the browser on a website, stuff like this. I actually I actually turned a team down that was doing a training, uh, training software through the browser for like, we're talking like new orientation for employees at like corporations and stuff. And it was all animated and there were like quizzes and we're talking like sexual harassment in the workplace and teaching people not to bully people and stuff. And, uh, I actually thought it was a little bit goofy and they were like, we need to rush this thing to the marketplace because there's an, there's huge opportunity for this right now if we're able to finish it in the next whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you guys have a client lined up. And they're like, no, it just, we'd like it to be done in the next four weeks because, you know, we'll find clients. And I'm like, well, that's not a good reason to rush. And uh, then they wasted the first two weeks. So I, I eventually turned it down. I'm like, yeah, I don't like the way this is being run. So that's all to say that uh, you, you can find things being done for all sorts of reasons, uh, things that are going to look different ways at the end of the project. In my case, there were cool browser games being done that I was interested in. One of the biggest things here is to build stuff that if you want to get into the proper game industry, you need a portfolio full of things you can point people to. And again, stuff in the browser is going to be awesome for this. You can go, hey, I, I partnered with this school teacher and 
made games out of her entire reading curriculum for the school year. The kids log on, they use this. It's helping people learn to read. You can see my skills with uh, Unity animations and there's some particle effects and, and whatever it is, all the artwork is original. So you need to be able to show stuff like this anyway if you want to have recruiters take notice, have studios take notice, even if you were in college for game design, which you may or may not be, one of the things you're gonna hear before graduation is, hey, you need to be working on indie games, you need to work on your own stuff, because that's what's gonna separate you from other people. They want to hire people who are out there doing it. And let me backtrack for a minute along those lines. One thing that you may need to do to get clients on Upwork is have a little something you've created on your own to begin with. So when you go to them and say, hey, I've got this pitch for you, I think we could do this in the next six months the following ways, and to prove to you I'm capable of this, I want to show you this thing that I created for myself. Here it is, you can play with it, tinker with it, take a look. This entire process of building your career is all a matter of showing somebody that you did something previously that's going to enable you to do this. That's all, <laughs> that's like the most important thing outside of maybe knowing someone proving you can do it by showing that you've done it. That's everything. That has been so much for me, it'll be so much for you. You get yourself going remotely, maybe you find out you just like to do this, so you find yourself working on Upwork. I partnered with a guy, and we've talked about this as well, but I, I routinely partner with a guy who runs a studio in St. Louis who they specialize now in finding clients, and they, they do some of it on Upwork, they do some of it through their network, they just partner with clients who have different projects they want built out. He finds the people who can do it. He manages the project and they just do stuff like this all the time. They've got projects coming through all the time. They partner with people who are freelancing. Everything's beautiful, everybody wins. It's neat, like it's, it's really cool. So you can either determine that you want to you know, keep doing this, no problem, or this can be your foot in the door to prove that you are ready for some responsibilities in the game industry. Or, you know, with a, with an indie studio, no big deal. But this is a way to show that you're capable. It's also a way for you to find out if it's something you can, you can handle and you can find out if it's something you love. It's, I feel like people need to be honest with themselves. You do hear a lot of people say, I'm a game developer, I'm a game designer, I've got these big ideas. Okay, great, what are your big ideas? Well, I, I want to make this awesome game that where you run around a city and climb buildings and use superpowers and stuff like okay, awesome, what's standing in your way? And they don't really have a good answer for that. And something I tell people pretty frequently is, at the end of the day, people are gonna find a way to do the things they wanna do. If you wanna play video games, you're gonna find yourself playing video games. If you wanna read all day, you're gonna read all day. If you're passionate about development, yeah, I get it. It's sometimes you're doing part of it that's not fun, whatever it is, but you will develop stuff if you wanna develop stuff. You will create, you will write, you will compose. If you wanna write and compose and draw these things, you cannot be stopped from doing the things that you're going to be truly passionate about, that you are already truly passionate about. If it's just talk year after year, at some point, you need to, really you need to plunge yourself into it. Just figure out something and just start doing. Take the steps, take a small step, take a bigger step. Really apply yourself to it and find out if it's actually what you want to do. And be honest with yourself because you're not gonna be happy if you find out it's something you don't want to do. If what it takes is for you to go get a client who's depending on you and says, I need this done in six months, and they put their trust in you, you're gonna find yourself doing that thing. And at the end of that six months, hopefully you've got it done and you can look back and go, did I enjoy that? Can I look at the work that's done and feel good about that? Like, am I happy with this? Is this 
how I wanted to spend that time? Do I want to jump into another project now? Probably not right, right away if it's a big project, but I think it's important for people who are, are for people who have that narrative, I'm going to do this. This, is, this, is, this means everything to me. If you're not doing it, you need to examine why. And if it's just, if it's a simple matter of like, I need to get paid, this is a good thing to consider. So now that I've said this, now that I've run you through how I got started working remotely, oh, first, the other benefits. Yes, you might get to uh, catch the attention of a game studio after this. Maybe not. However, so once you start working with clients, this is sort of invaluable networking. Normally, to meet people this way, you would have to go get a full-time job somewhere. Uh, you'd have to get to know a customer through work, something like this when you're taking on projects as a freelancer, you are making contacts who there are people who are going to be impressed with your work. They're going to know that they can depend on you if they want to come back and talk about future projects. Like that's invaluable. Building a relationship with somebody who is in the business of purchasing what you do. Like that's a big, big deal for a developer or a creator of any kind. If they want to commission your work, there's somebody you need to know. And there's somebody you need to impress. So keep that in mind, because a good project tends to lead to more work. I can't think of anybody I worked with during that time who I turned in work that they liked, and they didn't say some version of, hey, I've got another project for you if you're ready to go. Let's, let's do some more work together. I think every single person, and I would tell you if I could think of somebody who didn't, every single person came back and said, hey, we love this, we love you, we'd love to work together some more you... You are a great, you know, you are a professional person. And this is not because I'm some superstar. This is because I've been in the commercial development industry for, you know, what, 13 years. You know, no no biggie. It's just that I've picked up things that, yeah, if, if somebody's just getting out of college, maybe they're not on their game yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to probably turn in work in a more de dependable, high-quality way. So, you know, whatever. It's, it's something for you to shoot for if you're applying yourself and doing good work. It's going to lead to relationships that you need to have. There are downsides. Obviously, that pay thing we talked about is huge. If you're not going to make the kind of money that you need to make, if you're going to spend this kind of time, you have to sort of maybe cut bait and run. It's okay to underbid to get started, build some contacts. I mean, these sites do take a cut of the money you earn. So if you underbid yourself, you also have to keep in mind, in the case of Upwork, they're going to take a percentage of what you make. So, uh, you know, keep that in mind and make sure it's something that you can live with, something you can afford to, to give up. The other thing is it is not, it's, you, you can usually find as much work as you want to do, but it, always, it doesn't always come in in a steady way. Sometimes it comes in in bunches. You do a big round of bids and then uh, you hear nothing for a couple of weeks, maybe. And then three or four people come back and go, I loved your bid. I loved your presentation. I want you to do this project. Now you've got to decide... Which ones do I do? Which ones do I turn down? And there's this, this real tempting thing to take on too much work, and I certainly have done it. I have been guilty of this. You do not want to go down that road. Do not pile more on yourself than you believe you can do. And I mean, don't give yourself more than you can do in a quality manner. Don't go, I can get this done, I'm just not going to sleep as much. If that's the case, turn it down. Turn something down. And it's okay to tell somebody, I've taken on too much work. I would love to work with you if you can agree to wait three weeks. Whatever it is. Do not bury yourself in work that you can't get done. Also, if you're going to go this route, please, as always, as ever, do not agree to work for free. Don't, don't let somebody come to you and go, hey, yeah, I, I said $20 an hour. The situation is, I've got this big idea, I've got this awesome team, 
everybody who gets through to the end of this project is going to own 10% of this game. Do not do that to yourself. You can do something by yourself for that same rate. Think about it. You developed these skills because you had ideas. Do not give away your time. And your, your, don't give away time on this earth to someone else to make their dreams come true. When you could make your own dreams come true. That's silly to me. I don't get it. Some people do that. They swear by it. Oh yeah, because then something great happens. I've never heard of a success story that ends that begins or ends that way. I've never heard of it. So, so don't get caught up in that. There are going to be some bullshitters on these websites. You can't get around that. You have to develop a keen sense of who's for real, who has a good idea, who's going to pay up, and who's just out to manipulate you, get what they want, and uh, leave you high and dry. One other cool thing about um, Upwork is that you can get into agency work, which is you can bring on other people to work with, that you can farm out work to them. You can act as sort of a project manager. This is something I want to get into, and I've had a hard time sort of explaining it to my wife. She goes, well, why would they not just go find that person and work it out with them? I get that. However, for one thing, if there's more than one type of work that needs to be done, there needs to be someone managing the project. So if if someone wants to get a... a console game well not a console game let's use a simpler example and say a browser game if someone needs an artist a composer and a programmer you're if you go and find those people directly if you can be a project manager for that project and the client you know you are your own project manager okay but it's a lot better if on the other side you've got somebody who's managing that for you their fee is not going to be as much as the programmer's fee or whatever. So maybe the programmer is making $30 an hour and that, that manager is making 10 or 15 That's an ideal circumstance if you know that someone is going to be on top of the people who are doing the actual work and making sure there's quality going into it and that everyone's on track. Like you may not be able to get the kind of detailed information that you need on the client side. So if you find yourself interested in doing that kind of management work, that's an interesting path you can take as well. I've, I've sort of toyed with that idea because I think it would be cool in addition to doing like a little bit of development work, it would be cool to sort of manage projects. I think that's something I might be equipped to do. Uh, I think it might be something I enjoyed doing and would do well. So that's all to say that through through this method, if you wanted to, and you have to come with a skill set, like you have to come ready to do business. So you can't just, don't assume you're going to come learn it on the job. But if you're serious and you're bringing skills to the table, this is a way you could get experience, paid time to develop games, to develop software, uh, whatever it is that you do, this is a way that you could do it tomorrow, the next day, in the next week. It's something that not a lot of people think about. So it's not for everybody. If you have trouble keeping up with communication with people, it's going to be tough for you. If you have trouble tracking your time and uh, getting the most out of your, your work day, like there are some skills you really have to master for this. And the other thing is, it's it's really good practice for that. You can, if you have several customers at a time who are calling you, who need updates, uh, if you need to be able to prioritize and you want to get practice with that, like this is pretty good in terms of sharpening those skills. You will definitely find yourself either improving or sinking like a rock. So the people who have come to me recently about this have said, hey, you know, how'd you get started in that? What did that lead to? I think a lot of people think when, when I say like now, 
I work remotely full time. I do one one job. It's full time hours, and I I do um, it's Java development that I'm getting started on. This is not a matter of you go from zero to a hundred like that. Like nobody is just sitting there and goes like, I don't want to work on site. I want to just do a remote job. And somebody goes, Okay, I'll give you a remote job, and here's the awesome salary, and we trust you. It doesn't really work like that. In my case, that was a product of having contacts from the traditional workplace when I was not working remotely. Uh, I had experience working remotely and proven results. And eventually somebody went, hey, would you like to come back to the workplace and, you know, join us on site? You'll get a, a desk and a cubicle and all this stuff. And I said, hey, you know, I still can't do that. And I wish you could. And if, uh, if you ever get permission to hire someone remotely, I would love to work with you. Just let me know. And then, uh, sure enough, they emailed back and said, hey, I think we can do remote. So it is not a direct route. It takes some time. And that's why I say you have to build your way up, make some sacrifices, probably undercut yourself at first a little bit. But you can be paid for your time. You can do the kind of work you want to do. And if you do it right, you can still cut out a little time for yourself to follow those passion projects, work on that stuff that you want to work on. Because every every once in a while, you'll see this on a motivational picture or social media post about, you know, if you're working for other people eight hours a day and you do nothing for yourself, you're wasting your time. I do agree with that. I agree with that. You should never stretch yourself so thin that you're not able to develop uh, some sort of prospect for your own future. Yeah, again, best wishes to John and uh, his wife. I'm I'm sure they're doing fine. I bet we'll talk to them soon. I am uh, in contact with some awesome guests, so I'm going to leave that to be a surprise, but I'm talking to some people who I think you guys are really going to enjoy soon, and uh, good things are on the horizon. I don't know if we'll get John back right away, but he'll be back before too long. I've got more, more good topics for you. I will probably try to do some kind of dev stream this week. It's not going to be the cool kind of split screen stuff that me and John normally do, but I'll, I'll do a little something so we can go through something and just sort of keep our project headed the right direction. If you guys uh, don't know what we're doing with that, we're doing, we started with Unity's famous Rollaball tutorial, and uh, on Twitch we went through that tutorial and now we're building it out into a game like sort of, sort of think of a, uh, like a modern version of Marble Madness. So we're having a lot of fun with that. It's starting to shape up. So we're going to keep that project moving and we'll do more cool stuff on the podcast and uh, great things on the horizon. If you guys enjoy the show, we'd love to have you subscribe. We'd love to have you visit the website or uh, chat with us on social media, uh, coderightplay.com or coderightplay on Twitter, Facebook. Reach out. Let us know you're uh, having a good time. Talk to us about topics you want to hear about and we'll, uh, we'll bring you anything you want. doesn't bother me. So uh, for my friend John Scheiber and for Code Right Play, my name's Todd Mitchell. Thanks, guys. We will talk to you real soon. Mm-hmm.